Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in, everybody. 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for Boxers Day, December the 26th. 2016, as you can tell by the somber tone in my voice, Ryan Green, it is a tough day out here at the UC Health Training Center where head coach Gary Kubiak of the defending no more yeah, Super Bowl champion uh, officially knocked off. Denver Broncos, the, the king is dead, long live the king as the Broncos, Ryan, lose to Andy Reid, Alex Smith, Don Terry Poe, and the Kansas <laughs> City Chiefs 33-10 to in a game that was over, at least for me, the moment Tyreek Hill yeah. put the Chiefs up 14-0, I said, this team is flat. This team checked out after the Patriots game, and Trevor Simeon uh, throws the ball into the ground. That was it for me, Ryan, that moment right there, but I'll, I'll welcome you in here. We'll, we'll get the show started today, and I think what I want to do today, we kind of have eulogized this team on this show at least, <laughs> at least like seven times. Yeah. Over the course of the season. So I I don't know how effective eulogizing and looking back anymore is. Right. We've talked about the issues this team had. We, we, we've talked about Trevor Simeon being ineffective. If you want to go on that, we can go on that. We've talked about the offensive line being garbage. We've talked about the interior of this defense being not nearly what they thought it was going to be. Injuries played a large part in that. There's no question. But ultimately, Ryan, there are, I think, several organizational failures mm-hmm. that you're going to look at this season as the reason the Denver Broncos did not uh, even have a chance to repeat as Super Bowl champions. So welcome you in. Uh, generally, I know you were watching the game over at CBS4, uh, producing their post game. Great post game, by the way. I watched oh, some you. of it. Michael Spencer, so pretty. <laughs> so pretty. Um, too pretty for us mere mortals. What were your thoughts on the game uh, generally? Just just get us started, and, and we'll see where we go from there. Uh, checked out is a fantastic way to describe it. Uh, it. I mean, this was literally a must-win. I know everyone says every game is a must-win, but it was a true, literal win or your season is over. And you give up 21 points in the first quarter. That's uh, that's checked out to me. That's senioritis. You you were uninterested. Uh, you know, and it, it's a divisional game. You weren't you weren't surprised by the Titans. This was the Chiefs at Arrowhead. You knew what you were getting into. You knew it was going to be a playoff atmosphere, and you put up that goose egg. So it was just it was a it was a culmination of what everyone had thought at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I think the sheen of the 4-0 undefeated start uh, really wore off quick. Uh, it was a tale of, of two seasons in my eyes, and it was the first four games and then the last, you know, or the rest of the season. Um, I completely agree with you that, uh, you know, quarterback-wise, it's you at the beginning of the season, you choose Trevor because you think he gives you the best chance to get back to the playoffs. You don't get to the playoffs. Let's move on. That you, you, you saw it, you're out. I, I I truly do not understand why you wouldn't start Paxton this week, um, and at least give him 
every opportunity heading into next year, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here in talking the points. So I'll, I'll throw it back to well, you. Well, Gary Kubiak, on that point, Ryan, seemed to really hedge his bet about who was going to play this weekend. He said, quote, everybody's going to play. Um, the first question he got asked was about Paxton Lynch, who's going to play quarterback this weekend against the Raiders. Um he clearly didn't have an answer, which was surprising to me because he had to know that that was going to be the. He even mentioned it in the post game last night. He said, "I think I know what you're asking." When I think Mark Kisla asked him about, you know, what what's personnel wise, what's going to happen on Sunday. Yep. And he said, "I think I know what you're asking." Uh, let's go ahead and play Koob's answer to that quarterback question and give you a little bit of an idea of exactly kind of what his mood was, and uh, not just in terms of that question, but just generally today. Coach, you said you were going to treat um, the game as uh, getting ready for next year. Does that mean that Paxton Lynch will start on uh, Sunday? No. What I said after the game was that, uh, you know, I told the players I, I wanted them on the plane ride home to clear, clear their head. And uh, that next week, we look at next week as, you know, moving on in the future. We can't do nothing about, about this season. So uh, that, that's what I told them. And I think that's what I told you guys. As far as playing uh, – you know, I, I I like to sit here and say we'll play everybody. I'll make a decision on Paxton. You know, we'll we'll see. Um, you know, we got home at three thirty in the morning, so I haven't made any decisions uh, today. So I'll make those in the next couple of days. Ryan, there was another moment in this press conference today, and Gary Kubiak does these every every week after uh, every game. Every Monday, he comes in, does the post mortem press conference. <laughs> um, sometimes it is. Uh, up good and it's kind of light after a more win. More cheerful or, than normal, yeah. Yeah, and even sometimes after losses. It's, it's maybe reflective, yeah. but but not always somber. Today it was different, Ryan, and there was one question in particular that kind of perked my ears up. Okay. And I, I tweeted about it. Now, we won't get into it too much because it, it calls for way too much speculation, but I think uh. there are now open questions being asked about what what's Garrett going through Gary Kubiak's head. Mm-hmm. The guy has done everything there is to do in the National Football League. He's won Super Bowls as an assistant, as a head coach. He won a Super Bowl. Came back here to, to get the Manning era over the hump. He did that. He is a phenomenal person. First of all, I know that, that people are angry. The Broncos fans are upset. Yep. And they have, in many ways, a right to be. I saw a lot of people, however, Ryan, calling for Gary Kubiak's job last night. I think that is both short-sighted and irresponsible. Uh-huh. Um, because he ultimately, is, is leadership-wise, is the right guy. You ask questions about the scheme in the offensive line, but, Ryan, Gary got asked a question by Darren McKee, 104.3, the fan, and I'll play the question and I'll play his answer. Okay. Because they, they're both interesting to me. The question is, what did you think about uh, as he... Because he says early in the press conference, oh, you know, we took a lot... I wanted my guys to think about, you know, the season on the plane ride home and reflect and think about next year. And so a natural follow-up to that will be, well, Coach, what did you think about right. on the plane ride? And Darren McKee asked him that question. I thought his answer was... While certainly not enlightening in any sense, intriguing, most definitely. Coach, you said for the players to use the plane ride as a way to think about things. What were your thoughts on the plane ride? Uh, Well, I think about a lot of things. Uh, (laughs) I don't have enough time for that. Uh, But, uh, 
you know, I think about the players and I think about the coaches and how hard they work. And, you know, we battled really, really hard this year. We had ourselves in pretty good position about four or five weeks ago. But, you know, we just haven't played played well enough, especially offensively here uh, down the stretch to, uh, you know, to continue to play some more. So it's disappointing. You know, everybody working really hard, but hasn't been a lack of effort. And uh, I let them know that. And uh, that's all of them, coaches, players, everybody. Now, when I mention that there's an open question, Ryan, I think there's enough of an open question about exactly what Gary Kubiak has gone through this year health-wise, whether he, you know, what what his future is mm-hmm. here. Um, we'll see. I think if he had his choice, he would come back and continue to coach, and see, that's all he's done with his life, but we'll see. And that, that was kind of a, a moment today that made me really reflect on on him as a coach, him as a person, because covering him this year has been uh, really, really quite, quite a, uh, I won't say a joy, but... It's been an experience. He, yeah, he's an interesting guy to cover, and I, I really enjoy doing it. So, just what, what are your thoughts on Gary Kubiak this season, the head coach? Last night, there were a couple of moments that I thought were really interesting. Number one, when they're down as much as they are, 33-10... to 10, the last drive of the game, Trevor starts moving. The offense finally starts moving the ball a little bit because KC's defense Garbage is time, yeah. Yeah, checked out, playing off. So they start moving the ball a little bit, and there's eight seconds left in the game. They're down 33-10. to 10, and Gary Kubiak calls a timeout mm-hmm. um, with literally zero chance to win the game, but mm-hmm. he calls a timeout. And he calls a timeout because he, he just seen – here, I'll let, him, I'll let him explain it. Let him explain why he called that timeout. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually called Trevor over. I wanted to, to, to run another play. I'm sitting there watching a kid like like Henry catch a ball for the first time in the NFL, you know, and I'm thinking, give this kid another chance to make a play. I, I feel bad putting Trevor in position. He throws an interception. I don't want him to end the game that way. But So he says, I watched Henry Krieger Kobe catch his first NFL pass, and I said, I want these young guys to go out there and make another play. And that, that to me, was, was just a cool moment that described what Gary Kubiak is, what he's meant to this team and this city. But we have to be fair as well. And to be fair means to be critical at times. So, Ryan, last night I know you had some thoughts about Gary Kubiak. Uh, last night and throughout the season, some, some of the mistakes that maybe he has made that in a lot of ways have contributed to the Broncos' failures this season. You know, uh... I don't. I don't think I would follow the "let's fire Kubiak" narrative. Uh, you know, you got a Super Bowl winning coach that would be here for two years. I mean, that that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, what I think happened was, look how we did it last year. Let's try and do that again. Uh, that didn't work. So, if he wants to continue coaching, then give him the opportunity to adjust that mindset. You know. Give him an opportunity to have a more aggressive offense. Change some stuff up. Uh, I, I don't think you can let a guy who's been a part of every Super Bowl win this franchise has had uh, just you can't just fire him after uh, what will be yeah. at least a 500 season. Yeah, but uh, he's not getting fired. Let, right, let he's not. That. He's not going to get fired. He's not going to get fired. But I will go back to what I was saying. If he wants to coach. Uh, we have both heard rumblings that, and I think they're be... they're public enough now, yeah. that enough people have talked about them that there are there are questions, mm-hmm. and I think fair questions. questions about yes. what his health status is, and 
you know what, whether he wants to continue doing this. I think you heard that in the question. Uh-huh. He's been extremely reflective in the last two weeks. Yeah. And I thought it would be interesting to open our conversation about this game with, with that. Yeah, and uh, I think, I, I mean, even after the health scare uh, back in, what was it, week Five week uh, six. week five after Atlanta when week five after Atlanta. we all got kicked away from the locker room and they pat and they backed the ambulance <laughs> up and yes. I was there. It was a scary moment. It was a scary moment, and that's when, uh, especially when it's the second health scare during a game, uh, that's when you truly, as a person and as a fan watching, if you're his wife, if you're Rhonda, exactly, you say I, I can't possibly imagine having a conversation with him that doesn't involve at least discussing your future, right? Absolutely, and uh, and again, I I like Gary Kubiak. I think he's a good coach. Like you said, he he has his players' backs, which is what they really like. And they have his. They have his, and so I I have no doubt in my mind that that entire locker room wants him back for at least another year to give it another shot. But there's things bigger than football, and I would rather have a healthy Gary Kubiak rather than uh, someone I have to worry about on exactly. the sidelines. Uh, whether that's even, and maybe that's just reallocating his position. Maybe mm-hmm. he just goes to offensive coordinator and he lets or he, or he becomes head a head or duties. he becomes a head coach that's only a head coach, right? That's um, an executive, a John right. Fox type. Coach your coaches, make in-game decisions. Let a different offensive coordinator come in and run an offense. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's Gary. I, I agree with that. I, and the other thing, too, is the stuff about firing Rick Dennison. That's not going to happen. Gary Kubiak and Rick Dennison are a combo package. Yeah, pretty much. You can't get one without the other. At least that's the way it's been throughout. So long as Rico has been available to Gary, yeah. they've been together. Yeah. Um, they are not just close friends. They see football the same way. And they challenge each other in different ways. Rick Dennison, people ask all the time, well, what's Rick Dennison do? What's his job? His job is to be there for Gary Kubiak. Mm-hmm. His job is to be an extra pair of eyes and ears for Absolutely. Gary, to be a sounding board, to help develop the game plan. But ultimately, Gary Kubiak is in charge of that offense. Um, and that may be something you look to pull the reins back on Yeah, a little bit. Maybe you add extra responsibility onto a guy like Greg Knapp. And you just see where things wind up. Right. So that that kind of leads us into the second piece of this, Ryan, which is the future, right? We I don't want to spend a ton of time looking at the Kansas City game because the only thing that you need to know about the Kansas City game is Don Terry Poe threw a touchdown pass. And that, Trevor Simeon did not. And Trevor Simeon did not. That is the only thing you need That's to it. know about that game. Um, but I think it's important to look at the future and what the Broncos need to do now. Because I'm going to write a piece today that's going to be reflective. Uh-huh. So go read the piece, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's going to be the eulogy, the, the looking back on the mistakes that were made, the, those things. It should be up by this evening. So go read that. But today with you, Ryan, I want to talk about the future. And I want to come up with four or five things that we both think the Broncos need to do mm-hmm. in order to not just make the playoffs next season, but to be back in that place where maybe not next year, but within the next three, two to three years, they can compete for world championships again. Because as we know, that's John Elway's goal, that's Pat Bolin's goal, that's the Bolin family's goal, that's the goal of this organization is to compete for those titles. So, how do they get there? We'll, I'll start, and then we'll bring you in on okay. this. For me, it starts with your foundational problem, which is your offensive line. Yes. As as much complaining as I do about Trevor Simeon, and we'll get there in a second, 
I, I, I'm not an idiot. I fully understand that the foundational problem this team has is along the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Signing Donald Stevenson and Russell Okung, those are two of the worst signings that of NFL free agency. Oh, absolutely. They have been awful, awful. both of them. Um, Stevenson, you saw it last night, played probably his worst game, although he's had a couple of bad games. Uh, Okung has been better probably than Stevenson at times, but is also... <laughs> It's And the amount of money that kicks into his contract right. next season is not going to make it worth it. So he will be gone. Stevenson's actually harder to get rid of. He has $2 million in dead cap space on his deal. You can cut him, but I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what they wind up doing with mm-hmm. him. So you start with rebuilding the offensive line. Right. Here's the problem with that, Ryan. The offensive line draft class Terrible. is awful. I, I started looking at it really last night. There are a couple of guys that you can look at. Uh, the Bama kid... Uh, Robinson is going to be good. He's a top 10 caliber player. Um, We'll go over it more as as the draft gets closer and as we start to turn our attention to that. I found a guy out of USC today that I really like. We'll talk about him another time. But you can't possibly fix your offensive line issues only through the draft. Right. And your free agent, and the free agent class for offensive linemen might be even worse. We've mm-hmm. mentioned that. Andrew Whitworth, Matt Khalil. I mean, good God. You have a, talk about Matt Paradis and his 75-year-old hips. Right. I think Andrew Whitworth is literally 75 years old. <laughs> um, so he isn't, so that isn't, you're not going to be able to fix the line. Mm-hmm. Which means you're going to have to get quarterback play that is capable of covering up for the line. Well, okay, so I'll say this. I think the Broncos need to find some type of Bill Kolar of uh, offensive line coaches. Well, that would be Alex Gibbs. Okay. Well, Alex Gibbs is old, man. 75 years old. Like, that's... that's. Is he that old? Then? He's old. He's, he's that he was old. he's in the 70s. Uh, he hasn't... I, he was a consultant two years ago for the Broncos? Three years ago? Not that, too long the ago. Super Bowl 48 year. But I don't, don't, and he I don't said think this he's is been coaching. Yeah, I don't think he's been coaching for a while. I can't remember the last time, his last job, but it's been a while. Um, but, I mean, you look at what the Patriots did with uh, after last year. Um, I don't think the Patriots went out in free agency and got a whole bunch of new offensive linemen. I don't remember them drafting a lot of offensive linemen. Uh, but they got a offensive line coach, and they were better this year. Uh, they were better on the offensive line. Um, I don't know if the Broncos can do the same, but when you have a bad uh, draft class and you have bad free agents, you got to look at maybe coaching. I would just explore every possible option. Um, so I agree with you. It's it's the offensive line that's the, the Achilles heel of this team. Uh, we'll talk about how uh, a little bit of relief from that Achilles heel could be made if you make a quarterback switch. Um, but at the moment, that's that should be the Broncos' number one priority. Uh, they see it in their division rival, the Oakland Raiders, and they see it with the Dallas Cowboys. They saw it with the Tennessee Titans. Um, and so I think that's really uh, the, the place that they want to focus on, and it's just going to be interesting to see how they do it. Um, I know that if, and I saw this and I didn't check, but uh, I, I, I saw that if the Broncos lose and enough things happen, they could have as high a draft pick as 12. No. That's that's wrong? That's incorrect. Okay. The highest the Broncos can pick is 16. 16, okay. Um, so 16 is the highest they can pick. Week. I forgot. No, you're good. No, you're good. Uh, but 16 is a, that's 
It's about twice. As, it's about twice as high up as they've been picked. And uh, you know, I, the, the Raiders seven spots higher. The the thing about the Raiders and the Titans and the Cowboys is that they have been in those spots the past couple of years to get those kinds of linemen. Uh, and it's just really unfortunate that this is the draft where you don't have those linemen. Um, but uh, I think you tweeted it about uh, tweeted about it last night. You need to have a four and twelve season to really kind of evaluate uh, and, and maybe start up another Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of and, agree with that. And 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 honestly, if if we can go back to the Kansas City game, I think the Don Terry Poe touchdown really brought the Broncos back to earth. And it was enough of a punch in the mouth where they go, okay. Uh, it's the the Super Bowl is done. We're not the Kings anymore. We are now back to being the underdogs. Uh, it wasn't just a oh well, we're out. Oh well, it was a real emphatic end to your season. I think. I, I think you're right. And the guys on the secondary, I mean, look, those guys have been exceptional all mm-hmm. year. But I, I don't know if there are enough leaders on that unit. They lead okay. them. You've seen it, I think, in the locker room uh-huh. even a little bit. They lead themselves in a lot of ways. They're 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 tight within their own unit, right? But they're not necessarily Talib and Ward and Stewart and Harris. Harris probably closest, yeah, as any of those guys to being a team leader. Mm-hmm. But none of those guys are necessarily guys who are going to step up in front of the whole team and take a leadership mantle, like a guy, like a Champ Bailey or right. Brian Dawkins did for this team many moons ago. Uh, but. You don't necessarily have to have that. Right. I think ultimately you saw last night on that particular play that there isn't... Guys checked out, Ryan. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm being honest, I saw it in the New England game and after the New England game. Guys just kind of were done. They said, you know what, they you get to a point as a player where you say, you know what, it's not our year. Not I'm our still going to get my check. I'm my body's hurting. <laughs> my body hurts. I'm gonna still. You know? I'm still gonna get my check. I've been playing football. I mean, these guys, they played football basically. God, they February seventh was the Super Bowl. Uh, I believe it was what it was the, the Super Bowl they played, and then nine days later was the combine. Yeah. So, so, so there they, really wasn't. And then OTA started about a month later. Yeah. I mean, they just have not stopped, and you see that built up. I think. Getting the opportunity to sit for a little while is not mm-hmm. necessarily a bad thing, even though we would, of course, myself included, I would have loved to have covered playoff football with these guys this year. Right. Um, we'll see how that works out next year. Um, back to the point about the four and twelve season tweet that I put out last mm-hmm. night because I got some, I got some, some crap on it. I think I want to make the point clear. My general point with the quarterback situation for the Broncos all year has been: you either. Make the playoffs, make a Super Bowl run with Trevor Simeon, and prove me wrong about his ability. Right. Or you develop your first-round draft pick. Right. Developing your first-round draft pick is not going to be easy. And I know people will say, well, that's telling Chris Harris and Aqib Tlaib that you're going to punt on this season. No, it's not. You, and that's what wound up happening. You just course. Yeah, you just punted on the season. So and, you could have told them, like, hey, this was the better option. But guess what? You're in the same place as if you probably would have started the rookie. You're not in the playoffs. Um, and no offense to Chris Harris and Aqib Tlaib, but if you can't see past the, the this season and realize, okay, if they think that Paxton Lynch could be an elite-level talent, maybe we give them a season. You know, everyone's a rookie. They're going to have to figure it out sometime. And... 
I, I don't I don't buy that reasoning. I, I I don't think that the the players in that locker room are shallow enough to not realize. You know what? Maybe Paxton getting a chance is the best thing for the team. I I, I don't know I if don't, I buy that. I don't think they are either. But I I, I think. The problem you've created now by, and as we talk about looking to the future, mm-hmm. the problem you've created now is that, and I've said it, Trevor Simeon owns that locker room. Right. He is beloved yeah. in that locker room because guys see him play injured, guys see him play tough, guys see him, I don't know, we'll see how things are on Wednesday considering how he played, how miserable his performance was against Kansas City, but Trevor Simeon is beloved in that locker room. And since that's the case, he has to really... Uh, the organization, excuse me, has a problem on their hands. Mm-hmm. Because if they're really going to turn the keys over to their first-round draft pick, which they absolutely should do, mm-hmm. you you have the potential to have locker room mutiny because Trevor Simeon is constantly there. He is a presence. It's just like having you know Brock Osweiler watching over Peyton Manning mm-hmm. or Peyton watching over Brock. It is a constant problem that you're going to have in your locker room and the Broncos have created it now. It's a toxic. It could become. It's not right now, but it, I, I could see it easily becoming a toxic situation. You have to cut the head off that snake as soon as possible. And the fact that Gary Kubiak didn't do that today, the fact that he kind of played this. Oh, we'll see what happens with Trevor and Paxton. We got in at three thirty in the morning. I haven't made a decision yet. That's scary for me if I'm a Broncos fan because it tells me that the organization is not willing, at least at this point, to cut the head off the Trevor Simeon snake or even the Paxton Lynch snake and just make your decision. Right. You have to turn the keys over to one guy. Uh If you go into... We can talk about having an open competition in training camp, but that's disastrous. That could potentially be a disaster. Mm-hmm. I have said from the beginning that, you know what, when you draft a quarterback in the first round and you trade up to go get him, he doesn't have to win the job. You've already handed him the keys. At least that's the way it should be. Tra- Paxton Lynch needs to pick up the keys for this team sooner rather than later, and we'll find out if he does on uh, on, uh, on Sunday against the Raiders. Um, I know we're gonna have to wrap up here soon, but I'll make one more yeah. uh, observation. Uh, yeah, I could go. I could go all <laughs> day, Ryan. Well, hey, we've got do all you have stuff season. to do. All right, no, uh, I don't have stuff to do. I, I, I just podcast time wise, it was getting up yeah, there. Yeah, um, but we're all right. We got to save some stuff for the off season. Okay, uh, but the I got draft stuff, dude. I can. Yeah, go exactly. All day. That's true. Um, I'm a draft nerd, so I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. So look at I'll USC tape. You. We'll show you a guy. Oh, like okay. You talking about the returner? No, I'm talking about their left tackle. Oh, okay. Uh, anyways. So the the answer that Kubiak gave that perked my ears the most was when um, who who asked? Uh, I think it was Nikki who asked uh, mm-hmm. Nikki, and I'm, I don't want to butcher her last name, but I'm not um, not confident in pronouncing it. Um, Javala. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, Nikki Javala. She asked how uh, Trevor Simeon came along during the season, and I thought Gary Kubiak avoided the answer. He said, you know, we That's haven't evaluated him. You want to play it? Yeah, let's play All it. right, let's play it. You talked about evaluating young quarterbacks earlier. How would you evaluate Trevor Simeon? Did he progress as he Well, I'm not through. Let me, uh, let me push through this week. we got another game to play, and we'll stay focused on that. Uh, but he's a good kid. I think I think there's been some positives. You know, let's, let's see. Uh, let, let's finish up here, and then we'll get started on stuff like that. Thank you, Coach. So if you'll notice there, he started, we haven't evaluated quite yet, and then the first thing he really said about Trevor Simeon is he's a good kid. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's what you want uh from 
one, your coach talking about a future quarterback. And two, I don't know if you want your future quarterback's first description is he's a good kid. I, I think you, you know, when asked about Paxton Lynch a few weeks ago, uh, Gary Kubiak goes, oh, no, I think he's going to have a brilliant career. And that okay, that that's, was that's a good, a that's much good more, observation. That was a much more confident answer. Um, and you know maybe it's just because he's down today because of the the season ending and all that stuff. He was but so reflective. He, he was, and so uh, you know I'll like, give him a fair like shot. Career reflective, exactly. I will give him you know benefit of the doubt, but that was just something that was that really was like oh that that was kind of a a, a weird way of doing that. So I don't know what this podcast is going to be titled, Ryan. It's supposed to be titled <laughs> Recapping Broncos Chiefs, but I think it's more thinking about the future and what the Broncos need to do. I say that the first thing you have to do is fix the foundational issue, which is your offensive line, mm-hmm. turn the keys over to Paxton Lynch full-time next season, rebuild the interior of your defense, get healthy, bring Vance Walker back. Mm-hmm. He's an undra- he's an unrestricted free agent. I would like to see them get sign him for something uh I don't know what his market is, but I'd be interested to see them sign him. And then you go to the draft. We will talk a lot about the draft because I didn't know you were a draft neck. I mm-hmm. am a – I love the NFL draft. Scouting for it is one of my favorite things to do every single year. I look forward to doing it, and uh, we'll hopefully be able to knock it out, man. Cool. The battery is low on my recorder. Yes, it is. So we'll have to wrap up. All right. I'll have to find AA batteries tomorrow. (laughs) That's the universe telling us. Yep, we'll get it right. It's the universe giving us a wrap signal. Mm -hmm. So we will go ahead and wrap up. We'll be back here on uh, Wednesday for 5280 Sports Network. Yeah, we still have one game left. (laughs) Yeah, we got one game left. Raiders, Broncos, whoop-de-doo. Yep. For everybody, 5280sportsnetwork.com. He's Ryan Green. He's Jake Marson. This is 5280 SN. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.